Let's go to the word of the Lord, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, the word of the Lord. Anybody ready to hear from the word of the Lord today? I have a great expectation. I feel a great faith. The babies are excited. God is with us today. The children are worshiping God. Thank God for that. That's a beautiful noise. All right, here we go. We're going to go to, I'm going to go ahead and go to chapter 6, and let's start media team at verse 10. I don't know if I gave it to you, but I want to talk about the whole armor of God. Everybody say the whole armor of God. Everybody say equipping. In the name of Jesus, we've got to get equipped in our lives. We've got to be ready because we're under attack right now. Anybody else can testify you're under attack right now? Aren't you glad we've got, we've got access to everything we need to win? We, we have access to the whole armor of God. Let's talk about what it is. Finally, my brethren, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the attacks of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Tell your neighbor, you're not my enemy. Look at him and say, you're not my enemy. Some of that was your wife or husband. That's all right. Tell them too. Remind yourself. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against people. We don't wrestle against church folks, non-church folks. We don't fight people because people aren't the problem. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. Everybody say this age. Because the principalities of this age are different than the ones our grandparents fought. Yeah, they, they, are, they get smarter every year. These are creatures we fight against. And they learn how to fight against us. And they use new tools. They use technology. They didn't have technology back in the Bible days. But now they've learned how to use tools. The age we're living in is a different attack. And we've got to be ready for the principalities and the darkness of our age. And that's what it's warning us about. Darkness of age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's where we are right now. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Everybody say truth. Having put on the breastplate of, of righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Having shod or protected your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Everybody say faith. And take the helmet of salvation, protect your mind so that you can be saved. Take the helmet of salvation. Everybody say salvation. And the sword. Everybody say sword. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the? The sword of the Spirit is the? If you don't know this, you don't have any power. If you don't know this book, listen to me, Christians, in the Holy Ghost. You have no offense. You're just beat up all the time. Somebody say saved and suffering. I'm going to preach today to people in this place that you're saved and you're suffering all the time. You're saved and you're suffering every single day. Because you've got a lot of defense, and you're always on defense, but you have no offense. Because we don't spend enough time in the Word of God. We're weak people. We're saved, and we're beat up. And the Holy Ghost sent me here to tell you we've got to have a revolution, a revitalization of getting back to the Word of God because this is where our offense is at. This is not some dusty old book. This is the power of the church. The Word of God is the offense of the Spirit. 
<laughs> Thank you, Lord. So we're going to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Look at verse 18. Let me give you context. Praying always with, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all preser perseverance and suppl supplication for all the saints. And for me, that, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, that I may be able to open up my mouth boldly, that I may be able to have boldness. Your boldness comes from knowing the word of God this is a rock that you can build on right here the word the word of God the word of God everybody say in Jesus name oh God help me right now to deliver this word this burden you've placed in me help us God to have a revival of the word help us God to believe it again help us God to believe it again it's not just good advice it's not just good words this is our word this is our sword everything we are is built from the word of God I pray today you'll let me be a vessel deliver this word and everybody say in Jesus name you can be seated right now, and thank you so much for standing for the word of the Lord. We're looking forward to the God speaking to us. Uh, uh, the sortless spirit, uh, the sortless spirit. I believe that there are many people today living in this world who have great armor, and they are defended. They defend themselves, and they've got, they've got faith. And I believe you're a people of faith here at AFC. I believe that you spend every single day taking hits every single day. I believe you're still coming to church and I applaud you for that. I think it's amazing that you're a people of faith and you're a people of truth. I think it's amazing that you can take all the things that you take, but you can't keep living that way. You can't keep trying to survive all the time. You've got to be more than a survivor. You've got to be somebody on the offense. You've got to be somebody who fights back for once. So by way of introducing this today, I, I just felt led to just kind of reel you in to where we are in our culture and our day and the age and the spirit that we are in. And I think that you'll probably agree with me. Who can you trust anymore? Who's right, who's wrong? Never been a more confusing time than right now. Which voice in my head is God? Every preacher says they're hearing from God, and they all disagree. You can go on YouTube now and find out their version of truth after they just had a prayer meeting. Who do you believe anymore? Who's real? Who's right? Pastor's just human. Can you even trust them? That's the spirit of the age. Can we all agree right now? You're not going to hurt my feelings. It's the truth. I'm with you. I'm human just like you. I have thoughts just like you. I wonder, does this person even care about me? Thanks for that prayer over the phone. Do you even care though? Hey, elder, I need some prayer. You spent... 30 seconds praying for me, and when I hang up, I'm like, I expected more. <laughs> Can I even trust him? Does anybody really even care? Is this thing real? What, what is real? And the spirit of the age wants to divide us and make us question that we don't know how to trust anything or anybody anymore. 
The spirit of our world is starting to get into the church. Let me explain the spirit of the age. It's liberal versus conservative. It's democratic versus republican. And we have never been more divided. Never been more divided than we are right now in this nation. And don't say you're not affected by it because you are affected by it. You feel it even if you don't talk about it, that our world is divided. Everyone seems to have a secret agenda. The media has two differing views on the same view, the same news. The media can take a story and they can split depending on the channel that you watch. The same story, two completely different views. One is this and one is that, and it makes our nation sick because you don't know who to believe. Oh, Elon Musk divided. He bought Twitter. It's great. It's bad. It's great. It's bad. It's great. It's bad. Free speech. Going to destroy the nation. Elon Musk divides the entire world. Border control divided. Love it, hate it, divided, no winning. It's a constant battle. Free college is the new one. On one side, it's like, uh, I just paid mine off. Do I get a rebate? The other side's like, sorry, <laughs> free college. I mean, let's, let's ignore the fact that the majority of people in college are Democratic or Democrats. And let's give them free money. Yeah. Divided. Whether you're for it or against it, doesn't matter. We, people are mad at each other. Believe what you want to believe, that's fine. Let the politicians take care of all of that. But the truth is, when something comes out, it divides us. Because we don't agree. We don't trust. How to spend the money in the government. Divided. How to handle Ukraine. Divided. Everybody's always upset at the other side. Biden, good or bad, divided. Trump, good or bad, divided. Constant division in our world. And no one knows who to trust. And that is the hour we're living in. We don't even agree on the things we agree on. Let me, let me give you an example. Both liberals and conservatives believe in love. But they don't agree on the definition of love. Y'all catch that? Even the things we agree on, we disagree on. How many of y'all believe we need to love people? Everybody raises their hand, right? How many of y'all believe the definition of love is keeping someone in jail that does a bad thing? Oh, no, let them out. Let them out. That's love. See, now right now, I just divided the room. Because if it was your kid, let them out. But if it was your kid that got hurt by the other kid, leave them in. Because our definition of love is different. We, we, we can't even agree on what we agree on. We say we need to love each other. People are like, if you love people, you'll give everybody free money. And the other side is like, if you love people, you won't give them free money, so they'll go get a job. What's the definition of love? Can't agree, can we? People are like, love is open borders because good people come in. And then other people say, love is closed borders because bad people come in. And if you truly love, you'll close the border. It doesn't matter what you say. We live in a divided, divisive culture. 
And everybody's attacking everybody, and no one believes anybody, and no one trusts anybody. And when you say something or stand for something, no one believes you're really standing for the thing you said. They think you have another agenda. So to summarize today, you and I live in and we grew up in a society that is completely unstable, selfish, and divisive. And because of this, uh, people have learned to be the master deceivers for personal gain and influence. Uh, Many in our day don't want to be a deceiver. They just do it because they have to get by. Because how do you make it in a world full of deceivers unless you're a deceiver? Many people do not want to live a lie. Many people do not want to be a deceiver. But we all feel a temptation to be deceptive. Why? Because it feels like you got to be deceptive just to make it. It feels like you got to be a little deceptive to get a promotion. Everybody else is being deceptive. The temptation is in our hour and our day is it's just normal now to live this way. And good people that don't want to be like that, good people that you don't want to be a deceiver, you feel trapped to be a deceiver because it's the way we get by now. It's just how we are. We just have to have a little bit of lying to make it. It's the culture we live in. You know, there was a time we used to mark the liars and stay away from them, but, but, but now that so many people are this way, the liars just all have learned to, to, to work together. If you don't tell on me, I won't tell on you. That's the hour we're living in. Y'all know it's true. It's, it's corruption runs deep into politics. I don't care, Republican or Democrat, there's, there's, we all know there's corruption on both sides. Because whenever you run with liars, you've got to be a liar to make it. It can feel like Everyone is doing it, so why not just join in and do it? Everybody else is doing it. The Lord spoke to me this week and said it's the spirit of looting. The more that do it, the less chance of getting caught. You know how whenever they're looting? No, I'm sorry, protesting. That's the word. My bad. That's my bad. Whenever they're protesting a cause and breaking down good, hardworking store owners' windows and stealing their stuff in protest, you know when they protest that way? Some call it looting. Some call it protesting. But you know, whenever they're doing that thing, whatever you call, you know, that looting, the reason why it's so powerful is because whenever a lot of people join in, very few people get caught. And actually, it's a lot safer to hide in a group of looters because they can't catch everybody if everybody does it. It's a spirit of looting that gets on us. The more that join in and do it, the less chance of getting caught. Sin does not stand out as much in our culture because so many are sinning at the same time. It's hard to catch people in the end time because everyone's doing it. No one stands out anymore because everyone's doing the same thing. So now you can't tell who the sinners are and who the holy are because the holy are sinning. People are smarter the days that we live in now and we've got to learn to operate with more spiritual discernment. Why? It's not you. It's the spirit of the age. It's not you. Point at yourself and say, it's not me. It's the spirit of the age. It's temptation. It's the devil. You're good people. You want to serve God right. But the spirit of the age says, get your piece of the pie. Lie to get it. Deceive to get it. Do what you want to do. In fact, if everybody else is doing it, do it while they're doing it so no one catches you. That's why, that's why we got to be careful of tribalism because when one person starts to go wrong, then another joins in, another joins in. Before you know it, it's so big, you can't, you can't really blame one person. It synergizes together. 
And the spirit of the last day is to loot, to loot, wait for an opportunity to join in so that you don't get caught. And with all the deception in our world, here's just a quick tip to help us all see through the deceitfulness or perhaps see your own deceitfulness because, because I've been deceitful. I've got to be careful of this spirit. You've been deceitful. How do you know? When you don't know, here's a good way to know. They, the old saying is, birds of a feather flock together. Why do birds of the same feather flock together? Because there's temporary comfort in running with people that have your spirit. You can't get called out for sin if you run with sinners. And the reason why people don't want to come to church is because they stand out in here. And, and, and people, they want to sleep at night. And here's the reason why some of your friends won't come to church. The truth is they're living in sin. They know the Bible preaches against it. And they come in here and they don't want to change. And instead of confessing they don't want to change, they have to call us evil. And here's how they get out of it. Here's how they sleep at night. That church is judgmental. No, you're mad at the Bible. You're mad at God. Because we preach this book. And the reason why some of your friends will call us mean, and the reason why some of your friends will visit and say, I can't believe that judgmental legalistic church is going to be like that, the reason they have to say that is because if they don't admit that, then they have to admit they're a sinner. It's one or the other. And that's the reason why family and friends and people feel uncomfortable at church is because this environment is a looting environment, but we're not looting for evil. We're, we're, we're actually joining in for good. We're trying to all serve God. We're all trying to join in his campaign and his mission. We're all trying to go this way. And when someone comes to church and they want to go that way, they stand out like a sore thumb. You know what? That's the way church needs to be. It never needs to feel comfortable for sinners in church. Because if sinners feel comfortable in church, we're sinners. <laughs> we're sinners, y'all. The only way for a sinner to feel comfortable is to hang out with its own bird. I've decided that I want to be around people who challenge me to be holy. What about you? I've decided... I don't care how uncomfortable it, it means for me. I want to be uncomfortable enough to be saved. I want to run with people that are trying to be holy and righteous. I don't care if they judge me. I don't care if they talk about me. I want you to talk about me. I want you to pray for me. I want you to look at me sideways every now and then and be like, do you know that you ain't right with the Word of God? Did you know that you ain't right with your pastor? Did you know you ain't right with Jesus? God, get me around somebody who preaches the truth to me because I want to be uncomfortable enough to be saved. I don't want to run with who I am. I don't want to run with preachers that don't preach the truth. I want to run with preachers who preach the truth. I don't want to run with someone who is my tendency. I want to run with someone who is my prophecy. I want to run with someone who's going forward, someone who sees the best, someone I can become like and emulate. I want to be around someone who challenges me. You need to stay at this church because this church sometimes makes you uncomfortable. Sometimes we rub you the wrong way. Sometimes we preach on a scripture you don't like and you better thank God for it because that's going to make you better. That's going to make you get saved. That's going to make you a better Christian, a better father and mother, a husband and wife. 
I want to run with men who can take me further. I want my wife to be around women that can take her further. I want friends in my life that say, what do you think you're doing? Some of y'all don't have a real friend right now. You know why? Because all your friends agree with you. And a real friend will tell you what's best for you. A real friend will tell you what's best for you. All this Proverbs we're learning with our kids, there's beautiful scriptures in there. And one of my favorite, favorite ones is, and I'll paraphrase, is that the, the, kiss, uh, the, the, the kiss of an enemy is, is not, not near as good as the rebuke of a friend. And I'm paraphrasing it. But, but whenever your enemy comes to you kissing on you, that's not a compliment. Uh, but I would rather have the rebuke of my friend than the kiss of my enemy. I'd rather have a friend that tells me the truth and says, thus saith the word of the Lord. The Bible says we don't live that way. And you said you was a Christian. That's it. I'm leaving. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You, you, can't escape, you can't escape the word of God. You ought to thank God for someone who loves you enough to challenge you. And this leads me to my opening remarks today. Who, who can we even trust in this unstable world? How can we get the truth? With so much deceit all around us. Anybody want the truth? Anybody tired of the lies? I want the truth. I want to know the truth. And I think you do too. Especially in the day that we're living in. The Spirit speaks to us the truth. The Spirit speaks the truth. The Spirit does not lie to us. Number one way for us to find out the truth is to listen to the Spirit of God. If you've got the Holy Ghost, then you have access to the voice of God in your life. And the Spirit is a Spirit of truth. And if you listen to the Spirit and stay in the Spirit, the Spirit will tell you the truth. It will never steer you wrong. The problem, though, is how do you know it's the Spirit? Because you've got to be real careful being one of those Christian folks that says, God speaks to me all the time, but yet you have no scripture to back it up. Be very careful of people who God always speaks to them, but they never have any scripture to prove it. Because there are lots of voices that speak to you. The devil speaks to you. Your own soul speaks to you. That's you. That's your conscience. That's your thoughts. And the spirit speaks to you. And you know what? They all sound the same. But they all say different things. And if you're going off the voice in your head because you wear a dress or you wear a suit and you go to church and you assume that every thought you have is of God, you can't do that. Just because you feel things, I felt this. I, it must be true, I felt it. That's not true. I had a voice in my head say to do it. That may not be true. How do you know you're not being deceived? By your own voice in your head. So while I love the Spirit of God and I pray and God speaks to me, I have to make sure that I'm very careful because it could be the beans I had for dinner. It could be indigestion. It could be that I'm just not feeling good. It could be that I'm angry. It could be somebody offended me and all of a sudden I got voices in my head saying crazy stuff. Whew, man, what? Was that the Lord? Yeah, the only voice that you'll ever hear after you're offended that's from God is forgive them. Any other voice is not of God. The only voice that God will ever say whenever you're offended or hurt is forgive them. Forgive them and love them. Forgive them and love them. That's the voice of God. You know how I know it's the Spirit talking to me? Because the Word already said it. The Word already said it. 
The second thing that we got to have to get truth, the second way that God talks to us, he talks to us through preachers, through, through men of God and women of godly women. He speaks to us through people, ministers. How do you know he's not lying to you? How do you know you can trust him? Preachers have lied before. Preachers will lie again. How do you know they're not lying to you? How do you know I'm not lying to you? How do you know right now this message isn't completely fabricated? It's a lie. You know why some of y'all trust me and you're saying amen? Because you know that what I'm talking about is in this book. And if I was off topic, some of y'all would have checked out by now. But you know so far, I'm in the book. And the reason why you trust me and you feel the anointing of God is because I'm staying with the book. You don't trust me. I know that you don't, but you trust the book. And as long as I stay aligned with the Word of God, you trust me. And I trust you. It goes both ways, ladies and gentlemen. I'll trust you when you align by the book. I'm not, I'm not the only one in the church that has to obey this Bible, by the way. I don't like it when saints use the Word of God against their pastor, but the pastor can't use the Word of God against the saints. Can we all use it the same? Here's the, here's the intimidation. I know more about it than most saints. And that's what intimidates people. But I got good news for you. You can learn just like I did. Don't be afraid of me. I go by the book. I can't abuse you if we go by the book. I can't hurt you if I live by the book. You know if I'm telling the truth if you go by the book. If we would all get in the same book. We'd be unified. We'd be together. So how do you know that the, the preacher, the, the preacher is telling the truth? How do you know you're really hearing from God? I, I agree with you 100%. The spirit and the preacher can be hard to trust sometimes. And that's why we must have a Bible. Everybody say the Bible. Bible. I hope everybody has a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we've got Bibles we will give to you. One time. Because if you can't keep that free Bible that we gave you, then you got a bigger problem. If you lose it all the time, you might have to go buy your own and invest your own money. But if you don't have a Bible, we've got Bibles. We want you to have a Bible before you leave today because you need to have a sword. You need a sword. And when you pick up that Bible, here's what you say to yourself. This is my sword. If I don't know this, I am weak. If I don't know this, I have no offense. I have no power. I must know the word. Help us, God. Help us, Jesus. It's your best friend right here. Hey, friend, you're my best friend. Never done me wrong. <laughs> never, never steered me wrong. My best friend. I've always been able to trust you, Word of God. You've never steered me the wrong way. You've never betrayed me. You've always kept your promises. You've always been good to me. You're my best friend. Listen, if you have trust issues with the voice in your head and you've got trust issues with the preacher, I'm going to tell you your best friend right here. This is where you got to go every time. You don't believe me? Go to the Word. You're mad at me? Go to the Word. You're mad at God? Go to the Word. You don't know what voice is in your head? Go to the Word. You don't know what to do? Go to the Word. The Word is the way that we win. Help us, Jesus. There's going to be days in your life and there's days in my life when you don't trust anybody. Maybe not even your own spouse. You can trust this. 
You can trust this. This has been proven. John testified in the beginning the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know that Jesus is not just spirit and flesh, but we know that Jesus is the Word. Every expression or inspiration of Jesus that has ever been revealed or communicated is simply an extension of His being. He said, my Word will never return void. When God sends out a word, it just goes, and it goes, and it goes, and it touches, and it changes. His word keeps going like God does. You can't stop God. can't trap God. He's everywhere. Psalms 119 tells us that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Psalms 119 tells us the word of God is forever settled in heaven. I said it's eternal. It's settled. It's done. There's nothing in this thing that will ever change for all time. It is settled. The voice in your head may change. The pastor may change. But the word will not change. You can pick it up 500 years ago and pick it up today. It's the same word. And in 2,000 years, it'll be the same word. Matthew, Mark, and Luke recorded Jesus saying, Space and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The word of God is completely stable. For Jesus said, whoever hears my sayings and does my sayings builds his house upon the rock. I know you're building, but are you building on the rock? I know you're building something, but are you building on the rock? If you don't build on the rock, you won't be in church in five years. If you don't build on the rock, you won't stay. You won't fight. You'll find out one day when things begin to shake that you didn't build on the rock. Yeah, I just felt that in the Holy Ghost. The reason why people and pastors have hurt you and voices in your head have hurt you is because you didn't build on the rock. You built on men. You built on thoughts in your head, and you didn't build on the rock. The reason why a pastor left and messed up and cheated and you backslid is because we didn't build on the rock. Build on the rock and you'll be here. Your kids will be here. Your grandkids will be here. You'll make it for generations. We got to get back to the rock. Jesus, help us, God. Help us, Jesus. Uh, The word of God is sustainable. Jesus told the devil that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's sustainable. Give us this day our daily bread. Every day that you wake up, get you a piece of the bread of life. Ingest it. Digest it. Get it in your heart. Get it in your spirit. But get the word in you because this word is your best friend. The writer of Hebrews declared in Hebrews 4 and 12 that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. The word of God is like a sword. 
It's quick when you need it. David said, I've hit thy word in my heart. You know why? Because you've got to pack this thing. You've got to conceal carry. Some of you Texans, not Jesse, but the rest of y'all, some of you Texans that conceal carry and don't open carry to the rest of y'all who keep your weapons hidden. Let me talk to you right now and tell you that if you can keep it close by, you can pull it out anytime you need it because you never know when you need the Word of God. You need it quick. You need it quick. You better hide it in your heart when you're not going through a storm and you're not going through a battle. You better get the Word of God inside of you because you never know when you might need it. Somebody hurt me. Where's the Scripture? It's too late. You're already mad now. I lost my job. I'm out. Too late. You've got to hide it in your heart so that when stuff comes up, you won't sin against God. You've got to hide it in your heart right now while the sun is shining. You've got to get it in your heart right now before you lose all your money and lose your kids. Get it in your heart right now because this thing is concealable. You can pull it out when you need it. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharp. Why is it sharp? Because it needs to sever some stuff. It needs to reveal some things. It needs to break two things apart so you know the difference. Because we got voices in our head, right? How many have voices? Am I the only crazy one that has voices in the head? I counsel some of y'all. Don't lie right now, okay? I don't know which one I'm counseling when I counsel y'all. Depends on the day of the week, I guess. You got voices in your head because you're dual natured and you've got an enemy of your soul. How do you know the difference? How do you know the difference between the voice in your head? The, the Bible says that we have a sword that it is so sharp it can, you can get in there real tight uh, between joints and marrow. You can get in there real tight between, between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You can get in there and go, what is really God and what is really me? What is it? Is that me saying give up? Is that me saying don't pray? Is that, is, that, is that me or is it God saying? And the only way to know that God is speaking to you is if you know the Bible. And if you don't know the Bible, you'll think everything's God. You'll think because you go to church and because you pray that everything's God. But it's not true. If you don't know the Word of God, you don't know what God is saying to you in prayer. You're confused all the time. You know why you're confused and you pray a whole lot? It's because you don't know the Word. I, I have people tell me sometimes, boy, I had a great prayer meeting and God told me to go jump off a cliff with a parachute. And I'm like, that's not even, what are you? <laughs> Hold on a second. Zacchaeus didn't jump out of the tree. Walls of Jericho fell. They didn't jump. Okay. I'm, I'm not finding that anywhere in the Bible. And to make sure you don't go crazy, do you know how many past Holy Ghost people are, are inside of mental hospitals right now? Do you know why there's so many people that had the Holy Ghost one time that today they're in mental hospitals? It's because all they had was all they had was armor and no. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I've talked to those people and their minds are shot. You know why? Because I see a picture of people being beaten by the devil. I see a picture in my spirit right now of people that came to church and never submitted to the Word of God and they lived generation by generation being hit and beaten by the devil and the wiles of the enemy and they never knew how to fight back and that's why their minds are scrambled because they never had Word. I'm so sorry this thing bores you. I'm so sorry this thing bores you. 
I'm so sorry it puts you to sleep when I read a scripture. I'm so sorry the Word of God is that kind of a, a way to you. I apologize that we didn't teach it right. Uh, I'm sorry as your pastor that I didn't talk about it the right way. I'm sorry you don't love this Word. I have failed you if you don't love this Word. I have failed you. And I refuse to keep having good church and us not even be able to quote scriptures. And no such thing as good church if you don't know the Word of God. That's an out-of-control church. That's a wildfire church. That's a church that don't even know why they're dancing and why they're shouting and why they're speaking in tongues. I want to know the Word. To protect us from going crazy. God help us right now. The Word of God is a voice decoder. It, it unscrambles everything inside your head and your mind. Oh, God, that's what we need. You don't need more medicine. You need the Word. Pastor, I got all these thoughts in my head, and you need the Word. You need to decode that, that message you can't figure out. It's driving you crazy. You can't sleep at night. You know why? Because you don't know the Word. You're under attack, and you're not fighting back. God, help us get the Word. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Notice what Paul told Timothy on how to deal with deceivers. In 2 Timothy 3 and 12, he said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That is the hour that we are living in the last days. Look at what he told him to do in verse 15 in response to the last day deception. And that from a child thou hast known the holy... Thank you, Bible quizzing parents. Thank you, Eddie, Lisa, for all the time you spend making your girls incredible champions in the Word of God. Thank you to the rest of the parents who spend countless hours studying the Word of God because it was in the commandments of the Old Testament that the one thing you had to do as a parent was make sure when your kids got up in the morning, you read the Scripture. And when they go to bed at night, you read the Scripture. And they were able to be saved without the Spirit. God, God, help us in the day of deceit we're living in. Get back to knowing the Holy Scriptures. Here's how you're going to be okay, Timothy. You've known the Holy Scripture since you was a child. And now you're able to make the, it's able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God inspired men to write this book. You doubt it if you want to, but I believe it. If you believe God can speak to you, then you believe God can speak to everybody else. I do not want to hear another person tell me that God speaks to them, but God can't speak to someone to write the Bible. Because I've, I've spoken to some really wacky people that said God told them stuff. And that when I tell them, well, God talks to people, and God told Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and all these people to write the Bible, they got to believe that. I'm like, how come God can't talk to them? Do not give in to that voice, that lie that is creeping in, trying to make our word of God no longer valid. It is still valid. I live it. I prove it every day. It's real. It's true. I live by this book, and I've only been blessed because of it. If God can speak to men, then God can speak to men to write a Bible. Amen? All Scripture. Everybody say all Scripture. 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That word means teaching. We use the Word of God to teach with, not our own philosophy and our college degrees. I don't care what degree you have. If you don't know the Word of God, don't talk to me. Because you don't teach from your ideas. You teach from the book. Brother Diego, this book right here is your weapon, brother. We, you, I know you are. You're going to teach those kids. You're going to teach my kids and teach our kids the Word of God. That's what we want to hear from you. And God's going to anoint Brother Diego. Because Brother Diego is going to use the book. And he'll be the smartest, most powerful man because he'll use the book. He'll use the book. So we use the Word of God for teaching. We use the Word of God for reproof. That means conviction. When you use the Word of God, you ought to feel convicted. Another word in the Greek there is proof or evidence that you're not right. Proof. When I preach, you know what happens when I preach? Some of you sit there and you start feeling this thing called conviction. You know what that is? That's evidence that you're guilty. Somebody said, I felt conviction. You know what that is? That's evidence that you can't hide anymore. You're wrong. How many of y'all grew up on conviction preaching? How many of y'all are probably in church because of conviction is different than condemnation? Conviction says you can get out of that mess if you want to. You ain't right, but you can get right. You ain't right, but you can get right. Uh, by the grace of God, you can get right. Uh, condemnation says you can't get right. But conviction says, oh no, you're wrong. But you can get right. I want, when we use the Word of God, people to get convicted. I want you to be able to use the Word of God and people get convicted. Not every Bible study makes everybody feel all warm and cozy. Sometimes people hang their head. And when you see them hang their head, say, are you ready to repent? Because you can come up and out of that. Don't ever leave people, don't ever leave people with the evidence of their mistakes. Teach the fullness of the gospel. Number three. All scripture is given for correction. That literally means reformation. For we were born in sin and we were shaping in iniquity. And when you use the word of God, you don't just deal with people's sin, you deal with their shape. And every time I preach this word to you and you study it, let me tell you what's happening to you. You're on the potter's wheel. And God is pressuring you. And God is building you. And you're spinning. And the potter is reforming you because your mama said to be this way and your daddy said be that way and you grew up doing this and grew up doing that. But the word of God says, I've got to reshape you. I've got to reshape you. I've got to change this. I've got to. And when you read the word of God, you let it take off the rough edges. Let it change you, reform you, to make you in the image of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Number four. All scripture is given for instruction, and that means training, literally turning you and training you on how to live righteous, instruction in righteousness so that you can be righteous. I don't want to hold anything back today. The entire purpose of this message is to help people be righteous. Amen. I'm not trying to make you feel good. I'm trying to make you righteous. Because if you become righteous, you'd feel good. Anybody else found out that it feels good to live right? It feels good to just be confessional. It feels good to come out. It feels good to say I messed up, but I repented. It feels good to say I know I can do better. It feels good to just live right. It feels good to get up in the morning and pray and read the word and love your brother. It feels good to live righteous. All right, let me, let me hurry and get to my clothes. You, you may not trust people, but can you trust the, the, the Scripture? Most of our issues in the church are based on a lack of scriptural knowledge. 
You know why we argue? Because we don't know the word. You know we have different views? We don't use the word when we talk. I think it should be like this at AFC. I have no Bible. I don't study the Bible. I just have thoughts in my mind. Y'all, we argue with each other and get mad at each other because we don't submit to the word together. There is no argument in the church. We've got a counselor. I don't like you. You don't like me. What does the Bible say to do? Oh, it says hug. It says kiss. It says to make up, say you love each other, go out to eat, uh, treat each other with love and respect. Okay, let's start. You ready to start? I'll start. You ready? Because when I do it, you got to do it too. And when you're mad at somebody, it says to somebody, you don't trust them, do you? Do you? Do you? No, you don't trust them, do you? You know who you trust? I don't trust them. They might hit me again. The Bible says go back and let them hit you again. Oh. I'll trust you, God. I'll trust you. I don't like this sometimes, but I will trust you. I don't know, but I will trust you. Because you've never lied to me. We've got to learn to trust this book and submit to it, guys. As a pastor, I assume that you believe the Bible and that you're submitted to the Bible. I assume that you study it. But I find that many times people are shocked by what is in the Bible besides wear a dress and go to church. I find myself almost scared at times to quote the word of God to people because I fear that it will offend them as if it were my idea. And I have made and resolved in my mind that from now on, as a counselor, as a pastor, I have got to bring the word of God into every situation because I cannot afford to let you think that I have an agenda this is my agenda. This is my agenda. God, help me to stand on the word to do everything I do and help the members of AFC stand on the word because you and I will be just fine if we'll stand on the word. I feel it's time that we need to believe the whole book or none of it. Either it's all true or it's all wrong, and we can't keep having our favorite scriptures. I feel like it's sad that the only scripture I knew growing up was Genesis 1 and 1 and Acts 2.38. It's sad that I didn't memorize the one about forgiveness when I was younger. What have we done in our Pentecostal culture? What have we done having favorites like every other denomination? Who? How dare we? How dare we have certain things that fit our religious criteria and not have the whole book? How dare we have favorite scriptures so that we can, we can pit them against each other and say, oh yeah, well, guess what? The Bible says, shout, I shout louder than all of you. How dare we do this with the word? How dare we take something pure and we use it as a weapon on each other? God, help us get back to standing on the Word of God and believing all of it. A couple more comments before we, we pray today. If you believe the part that said go to church, why not believe the part that said shout to God with a voice of triumph? Why are you sitting in church quiet when the Bible said be loud? Come on, partial Bible believers. 
Well, it's just not my personality. It did not ask you your personality. If you would do it, you would feel so much better. It's all true. It's all true. If it says shout, I'm going to shout. If it says love your neighbor as yourself, then just stop talking about it and do it. Just do it. If, the, if it's true, it's true. If you believe half of it, believe all of it. If it says love your enemy, then stop fighting with God and love your enemy. If it says forgive seven times seven, there's no debate, no prayer meeting needed. Just go do it right now today. Oh, I got to go pray about that. You don't have to pray about some things. God, I just felt a check in the Holy Ghost. That's an excuse to disobey God. Listen to me, everybody, from an open, broken heart. Uh, stop all this mess about, I got to go pray about the Word. You don't have to pray about the Word. You obey the Word. If I told some of y'all to pray, you, some of y'all would say, Let me, I got to go pray about praying. The Bible, you wouldn't even know how to pray if the Bible didn't say, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You wouldn't even have known how to pray if the Bible didn't tell you how to pray. Well, I'm just a praying type person. I'm not into the Word very much. You would have never learned how to pray if you didn't have a Word. Help us, God. Can I, can I just... I know I'm the pastor and I'm preaching about myself, but it's still in the Bible. When the Bible says, submit to your pastor for they watch for your soul, it is just as biblical as every other scripture. I know you may not like it, but it's there, y'all. I can't take it out because I'm a pastor. And I can't take it out because I make mistakes. And I can't take it out because I'm human. I'm still a pastor. And it's still true. It's still right. And you still have to do it. I didn't make it up. The Bible says confess your faults one another so that you can be healed. And the reason why we're sick is because we don't confess. And we don't have to keep praying about that. We just have to do it. So let me tell you today. The word of God is indefinitely indisputable. It's eternally accurate. It's undeniably acceptable. But most importantly today, it is the sword of the Spirit. The armor is a must. Thank God for it. But I felt in the Holy Ghost for our church to tell you that we've got way too many people that all you do is you pray and you go to church and you just take hit after hit and you ask this question, how much more can I take? And some of you have asked that recently. Some of you have been so, so addicted to the armor of God and not the word of God that you live a life of perpetual pain and suffering. You don't have power. You just have enough to stand and take it. And you're beat up and you're hurting. And you, you don't even know how long you can handle this because this pressure is so strong. And you're starting to lose your faith and you're starting to question God. And I've come to tell you today, the reason is because you refuse to get in this book to learn it and to live by it and apply it to your life. And you are a armored up person who does not have a weapon in your hand. 
I'm so thankful, though, that there is a sword in the Spirit that gives us the ability to fight back against the enemy. That we don't have to live in a constant state of defense all the time. Always defending ourselves. Always on defense. Always on defense. You know you're on defense when you don't have any peace. You know you're on defense. Somebody asks you a question and you're always on defense. 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 You've got great armor, but you need more than that. You need to learn how to defeat the thing that's coming against you. And we've got a word for that. We've got an answer for that. We've got access to the Word, the sword of the Spirit. And the Spirit equips us with armor and weaponry. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And I know that you've got faith and that's good. And I know that you pray and that's good. But we've got to get the Word to fight back. I know sometimes you wonder if you get the Holy Ghost. Here's a good way to know you get the Holy Ghost. You ready? You love to read the Word. We're not Trinitarians. We're not Quadratarians. We don't believe in Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Word as if they're four distinct gods. We believe in one God. And we believe that one God is the Word. Now, I'm good with the Spirit, not with the Word. I only like part of God. If you have the Holy Ghost, there's a pool. There's a pool. If you truly have the Spirit of God inside of you, I'm telling you right now, you'll fill a pool to study God's Word. So maybe today, if you don't feel any desire to have the Word, maybe you should repent again and get renewed in the Holy Ghost to where you want to know the Word again. Here's my last one, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna end the day. I love the Scripture. Matthew 16 and 18 says, and Jesus said this, He said, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church in the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Why would gates be, why would gates not prevail against us? What do gates do? Gates are lockable. The gates of hell are lockable. The gates of hell is the entry point for every lost loved one. The gates of hell is the entry point for all of hell's dominion. When you go through the gate of hell, you step into the territory of the enemy for the first time. Until you're able to go into the gates of hell, hell's coming to you. But let me tell you what the church is. The church is a people that have the sword of the Spirit. And we have the power and the anointing to go and take the gates of hell. I'm so glad that the church has the power to go to the gates. And the gates shall not prevail against the church. I'm so thankful today that we are a church on the offense. I don't know what you're facing right now, but I'm not scared of it one bit. I don't know what you think is going to happen in this world, but I'm not afraid one bit because we are the church. I don't care who in your family is lost right now. We are the church that takes the territory. We are the people that conquer lands. We don't sit back. We go forward. We take it. 
We rise up to challenges. We defeat the enemy. And it's time for the devil to recognize we know who we are. We've got the word of God on our side. We are no longer weak. We are no longer on the, on the defense, on the back foot. But from now on, in the name of Jesus, we're taking back the territory. We're taking back the enemy's camp like the old timers used to sing about If you're going to get the word like never before, stand to your feet. I need all the warriors to stand up right now as we close out this service. In the name of Jesus Christ, it's time to take back territory the devil has taken. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, we're taking back territory in Jesus' name. <laughs> Anybody feel the power of the Holy Ghost right now? We're going to be a word church. Our family is going to be word families. Every parent in this place, I challenge you as your pastor, get the word of God in your kids' Bible quizzing or not. Uh, open up your morning with the word. Sing songs about it. Uh, quote it. Uh, walk around the house talking it out loud. Get the word playing. We're word church. The devil came to Jesus. He was in the wilderness. And three times he was attacked. How did the devil attack him? Three times, Satan attacked our Lord and our Savior with the Word of God. And if you don't know the Word of God, you'll think you're obeying God by doing wrong. That's dangerous. Because the devil knows this Bible better than probably all of us. And he will use your Bible against you. He does. He twists it every day. You can look on YouTube. The Word of God is a tool that He uses against us. And the only way to defeat Him, listen, a wilderness is not good enough. Killing your flesh ain't good enough. Prayer meetings ain't good enough. But here's how Jesus responded. Because He used all those tools, but here's how He won. He said, it is written. Because you can keep getting beat up if you want to in your wilderness. You can keep being attacked if you want to in your wilderness. And you might live a long time. You're strong. But if you want him to leave you alone, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Someone who's sick and tired of the enemy's voice in your life, he won't leave you alone because you've got no weapon Some of y'all have asked this question. I guess, it's, uh, is, is it the will of God for me just to be attacked all the time? No. It's seasonal. Somebody say seasonal. seasonal. And I prophesy today that his season is over. Because we are going to respond not with prayer and not just with our wilderness and our suffering and our fasting. We're going to respond by knowing the Word of God. We're going to get it back in our hearts and lives. We're going to memorize it, hide it in our hearts, and we're going to be able to pull out the Word in due season. We're going to be able to pull it out when we need it, and we will remove this threat from our homes and our children. And He will leave us alone. This is our power, y'all. I say to you, fear not the word of God and what you will find when you study it. I say to you, fear not, ladies, the scriptures you'll find on the way you're supposed to look. Don't be afraid, ladies. Fear not. Fear not the scriptures men 
When you read in the Bible says men were strong and holy and anointed and they, they ran their homes and families in prayer and anointing, fear not. This is your weapon. This is going to make us powerful. Trust this thing when you don't trust anybody else. Trust the book when you don't believe any preachers. I feel the Lord speaking to us. Close your eyes right now. This book right here, this Bible. I'm going to stand on this thing. This is my rock. It's solid. This right here won't lie to me. When I don't know who to believe and I feel like someone has an agenda, I feel like I don't know what to do, I'm going to go to this thing and I'm going to study it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weep and I'm going to cry and I'm going to reap and I'm going to read and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read and I'm going to study and I'm going to search and I'm going to look and I'm going to find it. Come on, y'all, we've got Google. You can look up, uh, give me scriptures on forgiveness and you'll get 50 of them in a matter of three seconds. There is no excuse for us. You can trust this thing. This is Jesus. This is his expression. This is inspiration. This is the breath. This is God manifested. We can trust him. Oh, God, give us a new love, a fresh love, and give us an attacking mechanism for the church again because we're about to take help. We're about to take over Austin, about to take over our families and lost loved ones. I'm calling all people today to this altar that you feel like you are here and you're strong, but you don't know how much more you can take. To come up here and say, I, I hear you, Pastor. I'm with you, Pastor. I am not getting into the Word near enough. And I feel like I'm getting beat up. Because it's time for a revival of hearing the Word and getting it back in our hearts and our families. God, you hear me. God will make you a powerful man or woman of God. And you'll have a battle to win. Taking back the enemy's territory right now in Jesus' name. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Come on up. I'm going to give you time to come on up. and I'll give you instructions in the name of Jesus. All warriors, calling all warriors. You've been weary and well-doing. But you need more than just faith. You need a weapon before you go home. I'm telling someone right now in the Holy Ghost that you haven't made one step forward in years, but you're still here, and thank God for it, because that armor will keep you in the battle, but it won't make it fun for you. But church is about to get real fun for some of y'all. I prophesy over you right now, Christians and Pentecostals, church is about to get a whole lot more fun for you because you're about to get your weapon, and you're about to see results and not just take it all the time. Fighters, fighters, Jesus. <laughs> Thy word, O oh God, is forever settled in heaven. Thy word, O oh God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is quick and powerful, sharper. And any two-edged sword dividing asunder to soul and spirit of the joints and the marrows and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord.